What is going on, everybody? It's me, your host, Nicholas Willard, and this is Almost Canon. Now, if you have had an encounter with the unknown, some sort of paranormal spirit attacking you in the night, or maybe a Bigfoot giving you a fright, then give us a call at Almost Canon Podcast. Well, you actually can't call us, but you can send us an email at almostcanonpod at gmail.com. You can hit us up on our Facebook page at Almost Canon Podcast. However you do it, doesn't matter. Just do it. We want to hear your story. You know you want to share it. And we have been getting some really good encounters lately. I'll have to throw something together. Because I, I, don't, I don't think I've really been sharing too much of them. But I have. I've got like several, several good interviews coming up, hopefully. Um, so I'm gonna, I'll save those ones. And maybe I'll put something together. I've got, you know, I've, I've been reaching out to all these different communities around me. And um, the feedback has been, has been really good. I've, I've got so many good stories. So I'll have to throw something together. But yeah, if you have a paranormal encounter... Um, then we want to hear it. And again, you can email us at almostcanonpod at gmail.com or you can hit us up on our Facebook page at Almost Canon Podcast. Also, don't forget to leave a rating or a review. Um, you know, our listenership is up. However, the reviews are down. We've been at 26 reviews now for a while on Apple uh, Podcast. I don't know what's going on there. Um, I'm starting to think, I think I said this a while ago, but I'm really starting to think that there's something wrong with the system. Like, I just don't understand how we could be at 26 reviews for this long with the amount of downloads we've been getting. So either nobody is leaving um, reviews or... Something's wrong. I don't know. But in an attempt to curb this issue, I have decided that I'm going to start a contest. So if you're listening to this and you want to be entered to win a $100 Amazon gift card, then all you have to do is leave us a rating and a review. So what you would do is... Write up your review, figure out your rating, take a screenshot of it, and then email it to almostcanonpod at gmail.com. You know, this, this is so that we here at Almost Canon Podcast uh, can have your email and you can be entered in, you know, to win this gift card. Now, we'll be, you know, like an online gift card. We'll just email it straight to you. Uh, we don't need your address. We're, we're not going to be mailing anything to you. It'll be it'll come straight to your your email, um, and I don't I don't necessarily know how much how long I want this contest to run for. However, I'm thinking, you know, 
a couple weeks at least, <clears throat> or maybe to the end of uh, um, January. So starting now, when this episode drops, leave a rating and review. You will be automatically entered to win a $100 gift card to Amazon. All right. All right. Now that all that's out of the way, let's get into tonight's episode. Um, and I will add, I know that I had just talked about having some pretty good interviews coming up. I was going to have a bomb-ass interview on tonight. However, the person I was going to interview had to go to the hospital. Um, so we have to uh, reschedule. And hopefully they will be on next week um, because this is probably one of the... the uh, how do I want to put this? These two sisters probably have some of the best anecdotal evidence of the paranormal I've ever heard. Um, it, it, it's such a great story, and I'm really excited to, to, to get this out. So hopefully it's soon. Hopefully it's next week. If not next week, um, hopefully the week after. Or maybe I'll have to. I don't usually do two interviews in one week. I might have to do that. I don't know, but... It's, it's definitely something to look forward to. All right. Now, that is out of the way. Let's get into tonight's episode. Winter. It's not only the darkest time of the year, but it's also the coldest in more than one way. So it should be no surprise that some of the scariest stories come from this time of the year. Whether it's monstrous creatures like the Wendigo from Algonquin lore, or Santa's creepy demonic helper known as Krampus, or that simple yet complex fear of the dark and of the cold that we all feel at a primal level, there is also a deep, dark depression that falls over quite a few people during this time of the year. A depression that's so widespread it's been correctly dubbed Seasonal depression. This is something even I suffer from that seems to set in the day we have to turn the clocks back. I then spend the entire winter wishing for spring, declaring it every single day uh, to the annoyance of my wife. But for an even smaller sect of people, seasonal depression is the least of their worries. While the holidays are usually seen as the happiest time of the year, a time when families come together and loved ones meet for laughs under one roof. It is also the, tar- the darkest time of year for some. A time so dark that it's bred a belief that suicides increase tenfold. So as we celebrate the solstice tonight and prepare for all those family gatherings some of us want nothing to do with, I have taken three stories off of Reddit. Three stories of true holiday horror that may or may not be real. Together, we will review these encounters with the unknown and take solace in knowing that no matter how bad we think we have it, at least we don't have it as bad as these three. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy tonight's episode of Almost Canon.
So tonight we got Chad from Pinewood Cemetery's Portal to Hell. I think that was episode number a couple episodes ago, 63. We have him on tonight, and we're going to go over three stories that I have collected from the internet. Um, They are Reddit stories, so whether they're true or just fiction, I don't know. But who knows? They could very well be true. No, I'm looking forward to it. This ought to be interesting. Yeah, I think I think some of them are really good. <laughs> it definitely well, got. I think it, well, I think it's kind of funny. We're you know, tis the season. Everybody always thinks that Christmas is all you know, snow presents and and whatnot. But there's a lot of uh, uh, some scary encounters I've read online about this kind of this season. Oh yeah, and actually that brings to mind. I do like to always remind people that the Christmas season is a time for ghost stories, you know, going, you know, back into the 1800s, even a lot of times people would gather around and they would tell ghost stories on, you know, Christmas Eve or, you know, whenever the the family got together, they would always tell ghost stories. It's kind of like the, uh, you know, the, the one that comes to mind that probably comes to everybody's mind would be um, a Christmas Carol. That's a ghost story, right? He talks to the three ghosts of, Christmas present, past, and and yet to come, and that uh, I don't know exactly when that was written, but that was that's definitely mid eighteenth century or uh, mid nineteenth century. You know, eighteen something. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You do you listen to the podcast uh, "Scared to Death"? You ever listen to that? I have not. That one I've not heard of actually until you just mentioned that. Oh man, that is that's a great podcast, and I'm. Just listen to this episode before you go, go over there and check them out. But I'm, I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you probably you probably um, already know about Scared to Death. Anyway, every Christmas that he goes, you know, Dan Cummings, he's a comedian. I don't know if you ever heard of Dan Cummings. I have. Yeah. So he's a comedian. He's the host of Scared to Death, him and his wife. And every Christmas they go over, you know, some of these um, classical uh horror stories that take place around Christmas. So, uh, well, you know, what's interesting, you know, to be honest with you, when you think about the whole, you know, the, the Christmas Carol, it, it, it's odd because, you know, when it was written, I think it was 1845, Charles Dickens. Yeah. A lot of people don't associate that with like some sort of haunting or anything, but there's freaking ghosts in the story. Like how that's something that I think a lot of people overlook. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I mean, he, the ghost of, well, I think he's, speaks to jacob marley is a ghost in that and then mm-hmm. the of christmas present past and uh yet to come so yeah man all right so the the first story i have we're gonna kick this off is called the snowman ritual and now this is a story that instantly caught my attention because anything that has to do with a ritual um interests me which probably isn't very good but uh all right Here we go. You ready? Here we go. The following is a set of instructions on how to perform the snowman ritual. This is a peace and prosperity ritual to be performed during the winter months in order to obtain favor, favor, in order to obtain favor and protection throughout the coming year and will take three days to complete fully. The earliest written account of this ritual dates back to the 4th century 
and Greater Scythia, now known as Ukraine and southernmost Russia. I've never even heard of it referred to as that. Anyway, mm. this translation has been adapted uh, from the original material used in the wor- wording of the incantations to be more accessible for modern uh, societies. Despite these changes, recent attempts suggest that the correctly performed rite is still very effective. Tradition dictates that this ritual be performed in the days between Christmas Eve uh, or the winter solstice and New Year's Day, but in theory, it should be effective during any cold period where there is sufficient snowfall. This ritual works best for farmers and homeowners who keep lives, livestock and or pets. Urban apartment dwellers can attempt it, but will have a much harder time ensuring that the ritual is not interrupted or disturbed during the three-day duration. And it comes with a warning. Warning! For your own safety, please read the entire document before attempting this ritual. You will need snow coverage, of at least three inches with temperatures near or below freezing over a three-day period. Uh, Two, two tree branches or wooden sticks, preferably forked at one end. Three, string or rubber bands. Four, plant material such as dead leaves or dried grasses. Five, vegetable oil such as canola or olive oil. Six, Animal material, such as a strip of leather, clump of fur, cluster of feathers, etc. Seven, animal blood, such as cow or pig's blood. This can be purchased at your local butcher shop or supermarket. Eight, scissors. Nine, a sterilized needle. Ten, a lock of your hair. And eleven, a drop of your blood. All right. Now, I, I said, I know, I know, I don't want to take us out of the story, and I know I said we talked about it afterwards, but any ritual where you need a drop of your blood uh, and a lock of your hair is probably something you shouldn't be messing with. <laughs> well, I mean, and the fact that it, it, it the, the specifics of it being cows or pigs' blood, uh, I mean, some of this stuff sounds really obscure, and the simple fact that well, like um, sacrilegious, you know? Yeah, like seriously, like where is this all actually going? Right. Um, well, I know most rituals deal with pagan, you know, it's all pagan beliefs. So, um, all right, here's the instructions. Instructions. At the edge of your property, build a snowman. It must be at least as tall as you are. So be sure to set aside the time and energy necessary or enlist family or friends to help you. Ensure that the front of the snowman is facing away from your house. Use the tree branches on either side to form the snowman's arms, but do not give it a face. That will come later. At sundown, take the plant material, the vegetable oil, and the string or rubber band bands out to the snowman. Facing the snowman, you should be looking at your house over its shoulder, Secure the plant material to its left hand, parentheses, your right hand, with a string or rubber bands. Sounds kind of confusing to me. Um, 
dip your fingers into the vegetable oil and press the finger into the left side of the face, your right side. This is the snowman's left eye. As you do this, recite the following. Snowman, snowman, see my land, hallowed soil on which we stand. Snowman, snowman, bless my home. Guide me back wherever I roam. Afterwards, return to your house, lock the door, draw the curtains, and go to bed before midnight. If you wake in the night and hear a shuffling noise in the snow, do not open your curtains. The snowman is moving about, judging if your land and home are worthy. If you wake in the morning and the snowman has returned to its original position, congratulations! Your land and home will be safe for the next year, and you will be sure to return from any long journey you take. If you wake in the morning and the snowman is, is on a different part of your land, take heed of it. Whatever it is near will be affected by some calamity within the following year. If you wake in the morning and the snow has not melted, but the snowman is gone, move. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the next day at sundown, take the animal material, the animal blood, and the string or rubber bands out, out to the snowman. Facing the snowman, you should be looking at your house over its, uh, over its shoulder. Secure the animal material to its right hand, your left hand, with the string or rubber bands. Dip your finger into the blood and press the finger into the its right side of its face, your left side. This is the snowman's right eye. As you do this, recite the following. Snowman, snowman, see my herd. Pet and cattle, fish and bird. Snowman, snowman, bless my flock. Grow them grass uh, from thorn and rock. Afterwards, return to your house, lock the door, draw the curtains, and go to bed before midnight. If you wake in the night and hear a shuffling noise in your house, in your house, it says, do not open your bedroom door. The snowman is moving about, judging if the animals in your care are worthy. If you wake in the morning and the snowman has returned to its original position, congratulations. Your pets will be healthy for the next year and any livestock you own will thrive. If you wake in the morning and there is an inexplicable puddle of water near something your pet owns, like your dog's bed or your bird's cage, take heed of it. You should probably look into pet insurance for the next year. If you wake in the morning and the snow has not melted but the snowman is gone, say goodbye to them while you still can. I am so, so sorry. The next huh. day at sundown... <laughs> Take the scissors and the needle out to the snowman. Facing the snowman, you should be looking at your house over its shoulder. Use the needle to draw a drop of blood from your fingertip and draw it in a straight line across the snowman's face, forming a groove in the snow. This is the snowman's mouth. Using the scissors, clip a lock of your hair and stuff it into the groove of its mouth, ensuring that the hair does not fall out. As you do this, recite the following. Snowman, snowman, see my breath, drawing ever unto death. Snowman, snowman, bless my heart, judge me whole, and hence depart. Afterwards, return to your house, lock your door, draw your curtains, and go to bed before midnight. If you wake in the night and feel a cold, dark presence in your room, do not open your eyes. 
The snowman is standing over you, judging if your soul is worthy. If you wake in the morning, congratulations. The snowman will have returned to its original position, having judged you worthy. You can expect good health and good fortune in the following year. And it's got another warning. Warning. To date, there are no surviving accounts of what happens to someone who is judged as unworthy. Take from that what you will. The next day before sundown, preferably when the sun is highest, go over to the snowman, approach it only from behind. Do not walk around to face it. Demolish the snowman completely. Break the tree branches as many times as possible and scatter the snow around the yard as evenly as you can. Make sure that no trace of it remains. Say absolutely nothing. Once the snowman is demolished, the ritual is complete. Enjoy your year of peace and prosperity. Use it well, for when the days grow short and your luck runs thin, you may find yourself looking anxious for the next deep snowfall. If so, I pray that the snowman may judge you whole this year and every year after. That is the snowman ritual. Yeah, that um sounds more like the conjuring of a demon. Right, it does. <laughs> right? Like like uh, you're conjuring a demon into the snowman. And asking it for favors. Right. I didn't think of that. I, I read this one real quick um beforehand, and I did not think of that, but that makes total sense. Well, I mean, all it, the the whole concept here. I mean, the fact that you're sealing the deal with your own blood, which hmm. I don't remember mentioning that part. Uh, other than a drop, oh wait, a minute, it is it does say that I'm actually looking at that the the story itself, a drop of your blood. Yeah, to um, make the mouth. And yeah, I mean, a lock of your hair in the mouth. Yeah, that sounds like you're making a deal with the devil, man. Right. So how far back does this date to? Does it say? Uh, it said fourth fourth century, which would be like the three hundreds, right? Mm. So pretty far. I mean, two thousand years. Um, and it sound it also sounds a lot like a golem. Have you ever heard of the golem? Yeah, and that's typically elemental based, correct? Uh, probably. Yeah, yeah. it's like made out of clay. But I know with the golem, they. You know they write like like the uh, the awakening spell. Or I don't I don't I don't know exactly what it's called, but they write it on a piece of paper and they put it in the golem's mouth, right? And that's what what wakes the golem up. Yeah, and I think that they can be different elements too, depending. I mean, typically you would think a golem is is a rock based creature, but right, I've heard that like there's it. like a yeah snow golem. Uh, I did I have heard of that, I and mean, that maybe is going back to Dungeons and Dragons, but um, I know but yeah. Sorry. No, go ahead, man. I was just going to say, I know in history, um, there's the, the Golem of Prague, which was a, a, a clay golem that, that you know, the Jews of, of Prague used to, you know, defend themselves during. I don't, I, don't, I don't know the complete story, but I know that they use it to defend themselves against, uh, you know, some some force that was after them during that time period. And I, I don't exactly know when it happened either. Um, but it is a famous story. Yeah, I'm interested to know a little bit more about that. But but one thing that's sticking out to me about this whole snowman ritual 
how many people actually make it to the next day? Like to talk know. about it. I don't know. Um, it is weird. I mean, it is. There's a lot. You know, have you ever heard of the? This is off. This is way off topic. It's nothing to do with winter. But have you ever heard of the the elevator ritual? I I I saw a movie on that. Um, and I believe it's called The Elevator. Was it? Am I thinking of something else? Maybe I am. Um, I know there's a movie called Devil where it takes place in an elevator where all the people, I don't know, there's like a devil in, I don't know, they're like stuck in an elevator. But um, Okay, maybe I'm thinking of that, but um, maybe I haven't heard of that one. Go well, ahead, like, man, I'm curious. You go like, uh, you know, I, I don't know what the exact ritual is, but you can, you know, anybody can look it up. But you go to like floor two and then... You go to floor eight, or I think it has to be a building that has 13 floors. So you're going to like all these different floors in different order. And it's supposed to take you to like another realm. And like, I don't know, there's a whole bunch of steps. They're like, if you see this lady, do not talk to her. She will try to talk to you. Um, do not talk to her. Do not look at her. If you talk to her, you know, you will be stuck in the realm forever or something like that. But so it's, it kind of reminds me of that, too. It sounds like a kind of a certain amount of you got to do a certain kind of sequence mm. to get the elevator to open up. Right. As we talked about the last time, kind of like a portal. Yeah. Um. You know. Wow. All right. That I mean, I, cool. I think there could be something to that you know, with these rich. You know, with ritual magic when you're doing things in a certain order. Um. I think there is something definitely behind that. Well, you're. I'm trying to think, and my memory is escaping me, but there was a movie that I just watched recently with my wife about that there was like a a whole nother level in this building, but you had to do a certain amount of sequence to get to the bottom of the building. It was actually, I think it was a show, and I can't yeah, remember the name people. of it. Yes, thank yes. you. So that had the elevator ritual in it, right, yeah. Uh, thank you. I, I when is that show supposed to be coming back, man? That's what's killing me. There's I don't know. I, I actually had I didn't finish it completely. Oh, I watched awesome. it religiously for a while, and then I kind of just stopped. Oh, it gets it's getting even better. But uh, I'm I'm digressing here. But yeah, that that just made me think of that when you said the elevator. I guess I was thinking the right thing. But yeah, so yeah, the elevator ritual is in that that show. That's a whole episode. Hmm. Right, and he gets uh, stuck in the bottom in this in the basement. Yeah, I'm just curious about this whole like this premise, like this whole because I've heard some really twisted stories about people. Like, for example, I just watched Krampus again. I watched the movie the other uh, was it two nights ago. Yeah, I did and, too. <laughs> uh, that's funny, man. I just watched it with the wife, and uh, we've only seen it once prior, and we like we loved it. But um, the friggin' snowman in that. Just that their presence was creepy as hell. And I don't know. There's something twisted about a snowman. I don't know. There's like this weird thing. But when you add this ritual into it, you know, lock of your hair, drop of blood. I mean, that just adds a whole nother layer of weird. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, anything that involves your own blood and your own hair, you should just stay away from. <laughs> you know, what's interesting, too, is I don't know if, if you would look down through the comments one person said, don't no, I didn't. Do, don't do this. This is a bad idea. And it's like there's a link to a YouTube video about this woman explaining why this is a really bad friggin' idea. <laughs> I wonder why. You how long's the video? Can you play it? Uh 
uh, I mean, you don't have see. to if you don't want. I can try to find it really quick. No, I, I can try to find it. Come over, over the, the speaker. Well, that's the problem. I don't know if it'll play through the speaker or it'll only allow me to hear it since I'm on the phone with you. It might have to be a separate, uh, platform or a separate uh, device. Are we? But, yeah, let's, let's try that later. Yeah, yeah, let's do that later. But anyway, um, but there was definitely some really, uh, we'll say, a bad omen the way she was describing. I looked at a little bit of a synopsis just now, and she's like, there's something really negative about this. And she said that she's heard or said that friends of hers messed around with this and it wasn't a good outcome. And I don't know what the hell that even means. I mean, I just I felt dirty just reading it. So I mean, that's accurate. I don't mean to laugh like a banshee, but that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I uh, mean, I, I did. I'll tell you right now, it didn't feel good, not at all. Why listening to you read the whole thing? I'm just like, yeah, this doesn't feel good at all. Yeah. You know what? Actually, now I was just thinking about it. Do you remember that movie? Um, there was a movie about like a a snowman. The guy turned into one. Who the hell Jack was? It? Is that what it is? There's two, and they're both called Jack Frost. There's one that's a family movie, and it's a movie that I watch every year with my wife and kids on Christmas. It's called Jack Frost, and then there's Jack Frost, who's a serial killer that turns into an evil snowman. All right, so I'm thinking of both of them, because I think the one that's the funny one is with Michael Keaton, I think. Yeah, that's the family one, yeah. All right, I got to watch. Is the other one good? The evil is it like a one? Is it the other one with the, the serial killer? Yeah, it's definitely like a C movie. It, it's worse than a B. <laughs> uh, okay, so it's 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 kind of tolerable. All right, so yeah. I got you. Yeah, <laughs> the, uh, the I'm gonna call it the VHS case because that's what I I rem I always remember going into the movie. You know the the movie store. They're not around anymore, obviously. But I re yeah. remember seeing the Jack Frost case every time I was in there, and I was like, oh, I want to watch that movie when I was a little kid. But I knew my mom would never let me. But uh, I'll always remember it. It's a twisted looking snowman. I mean, just from what you're telling me, it sounds like it. There was actually a movie that came out recently. I think it was 2017, which is interesting. This whole concept as we're talking about this snowman like representation or even just the persona of the snowman. There was a there was a there's one called the snowman. It's the dude from uh, X-Men. It's Magneto, young Magneto. Oh, and I can't. Yeah. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, yep, he just came out and it's called the the Snowman Killer. Yeah. And man, talk about taking the whole idea of the snowman and using that as a persona to murder people with. I'm I like, never, all right. I didn't watch that, but I I do remember it. Dude, it's really good and the actor is awesome, but he's it's definitely epic in the aspect. I I thought it was good. I probably got like a 5.7 maybe IMDb, but uh it's twisted because if you think about the whole concept of I think he turns his victims, if I remember correctly, into friggin' snowmen. Probably. I mean, it sounds like he would, right? <laughs> right. So, yeah. I, I, I think it's interesting. As we're just talking about this, there's a lot of twisted shit attached to snowmen. Oh, yeah. But, um, all right. Let's get the second story I got here. Um, nothing to do with snowmen. But it is, it's called, I will never visit my grandma for Christmas again. All right. Now, I only read like the beginning paragraph and the end paragraph of these stories. Uh, and this one sounds um, pretty creepy. Almost. I, I think it should have been probably on the Krampus episode. It, it sounds like that I did last week. But uh, all right. I'll, I'll just jump right into it. 
right. I love visiting my grandma. She always makes the food that I like and in large quantities and spoils me. With the hustle and bustle of college life, it's nice to go back to my childhood and allow myself to be spoiled for a few hours every few weeks. Even though she has six grandchildren, she made it clear that I'm her absolute favorite. She'd often have the whole family around for dinner, and after they left, she'd bring out the good stuff she made just for me. We usually have a big Christmas dinner together with the whole family. However, as the years go by and the younger ones start growing up, fewer and fewer people show up. Last year, everyone already made plans, forgetting about poor grandma. I don't blame them, but they often forget how these visits mean a lot to her especially ever since grandpa died. That's why when I talked on the phone with her and she asked me if I had any plans, I lied to her and told her I didn't. She immediately jumped at the opportunity to politely invite me, going so far as to offer me to sleep over at her place. She said, there's one room which hasn't been used in years and I could stay in there. I immediately said yes and agreed to stay over realizing how happy that would make her. I canceled the plans I made with my friends, telling them something else came up. Although they were bummed, bummed about it a little, their drinking party wouldn't stop because of me. That was the last Christmas that I would ever spend with my grandma. On Christmas Eve, I arrived to my grandma's place and she greeted me like she always does, with a tight hug and lots of kisses. I barely even stepped inside when she started offering me food. She had already made what could only be described as an all-you-can-eat buffet. We dug in, and once we were done, she showed me where I could sleep for the night. It was a cozy little bedroom, which apparently used to be my mom's room when she was little. Grandma told me not to leave my room during Christmas night in order to avoid disrupting Santa and his work. She said that if I really needed to use the bathroom, I could, but to be extremely quiet and do not go downstairs. On the nightstand, she left me a list of things I should do before, uh, before I go to bed to ensure I get a good present. I decided to play along and abide by the rules. I told her I'd read it before bed and do everything necessary, and she seemed content with that. She wished me good night and left the room. I was pretty tired from the trip there and the enormous dinner I've eaten, so I laid down on the bed and involuntarily fell asleep within minutes. I woke up a few hours later. I glanced at my watch and realized it was 3.01 a.m. 3.01. Not a good time. Uh, no. I got up to grab a glass of water downstairs from the kitchen and groggily walked through the dark, trying to avoid any loud noises or turning on the lights, not to wake Grandma. I went downstairs and turned on the kitchen light, gulping down a glass of water. I glanced towards the living room at the Christmas tree, and something caught my attention under the glow of the decoration lights. There was a small plate with a tiny paper that said, For Santa. I reckoned it was cookies and milk, but when I got closer, I realized that the plate was empty. Red liquid was in it, and next to the plate was a small basket. Obviously, I found this weird, but figured that Grandma may have just forgotten to put it away or something. 
I turned off the kitchen light and returned to my room. Just then, remembering the list Grandma gave me, I grabbed it off my nightstand and started reading. Dear James, thank you for visiting me for Christmas. You made your grandma really happy. Now Christmas is a little different in this house than what you're probably used to. So it's very important that you follow these rules on the list. One, make sure to close your windows and ensure they are closed properly. These old windows don't work properly sometimes. So if you feel like feel like cold air is coming in, let me know. Don't put any wood in the fireplace after 9 p.m. Santa will be really angry if it's scalding in the chimney or if there's still smoke. Three, you didn't forget about milk and cookies, did you? I stopped reading and chuckled at the list. Grandma clearly wanted me to follow the basic rules for Santa, like when I was a kid. But again, I decided to oblige. I continued reading the list. In this household, we don't use milk and cookies. We use raw meat and blood. I already left a bucket by the Christmas tree, and there's a row and there's a raw piece of chicken I put on the plate. Santa sure loves his diet. Red flag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you are woken up by the sound of scratching or knocking on your window, ignore it. Your room is on the second floor, so there's no way to reach up to it. In fact, it's best not to look there. But if you see someone beckoning you, pretend they're not there. They may try to open the window from the outside. This is why it's so important to keep the window closed. Five, you may hear growling coming from the kitchen. It's okay because Santa never comes upstairs. And since I already left the chicken for him, that should satisfy him. By this point, I was sure grandma was just messing with me. That was until I heard the sound of three gentle knocks on the window behind me. I froze in place, staring at the list, but practically staring through it. Three more gentle knocks ensued, but I did my best not to give away that I had heard them. Once again, there were three more knocks, and then the sound of scratching started. First gently, and then louder, as if a rat was trying to bite through the wall. It lasted for around a minute until it completely stopped. Only when it did did I gather enough courage to slightly shift my position. That was a mistake, though, because when I looked down at the floor, at the light which was cast in from the window, I saw the unmistakable shadow in the form of a humanoid silhouette stretched across. I couldn't tell for sure, but it looked like whoever was there held both his hands on the window and stared directly towards me. I decided that the best thing to do is to continue reading the list to try and distract myself. Six. If someone walks into your room while you're sleeping and you happen to wake up, pretend that you're still asleep. In the worst case scenario, the person will sit on the end of your bed and observe you. So do your best not to let them know you're awake. If you feel their breath on your neck and it gets progressively closer, it means they realized you're awake. Seven, you may hear me calling you from downstairs. Don't listen to it. I will under no circumstances go downstairs during the night. Eight, last and most important rule. If you get up to go to the bathroom, never, ever, ever 
turn on any lights in the house. He has trouble noticing you in the dark, but if you turn on the light, he will be able to follow you wherever you go, and then not even locking your door will help. 9. Follow these simple rules, and in the morning, we can open your Christmas presents. Love, Grandma. The scratching and knocking had already stopped by the time I was done done reading, and the shadow from the window was gone. I got into bed and covered myself and covered myself over my head, shivering and not from the cold. Sometime during the night, I heard my door open, but did my best to ignore the footsteps and low growling noise. I either passed out or fell asleep sometime later. But all I know is I woke up to the sound coming downstairs from the kitchen. I shot up, looked around the room and out the window, rubbing my temples and thinking about the nightmare I had. I left my room and immediately heard my grandma's voice calling me from downstairs to come open the presents. I told her I'm coming. And when I suddenly felt a grip on my waist, I turned around and saw my grandma there staring at me wide eyed. She leaned in and whispered in my ear with a trembling voice, you turned on the lights, didn't you? And that's it. <laughs> what the hell? I know, that was a pretty creepy story. Like, just even the premise, I mean, could this, I don't know, Was is this the night that she summoned a demon? Or This sounds a little bit like Krampus, doesn't it, a little bit? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like something that happens every Christmas, or at least for the past few Christmases, because she had, she knew exactly what to do. The grandma, like she knew um, how to, you know, stay safe throughout the night. I mean, it it just kind of brings to that idea of some sort of this being a very specific ritual. Um, I don't even know if it's Krampus, because Krampus is like, He's a particular figure. Like he, he only comes after bad kids. You know, this this definitely sounds like something else. Well, and that's it. I mean, and that's why I said it. It sounds like, and again, I I say based on the story itself, there's some elements of. I'm just picking up some undertones on some Krampus, but then the the whole blood, mm. uh, you know, the 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 raw meat. Uh, you know, the, the, whatever was at the window, I mean, is that the same thing or completely separate? I, it's just, it was, you know, for the lack of better way of saying it, it was fucked up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, whatever it is, grandma thinks it's Santa Claus. Um, or maybe she's, no, I, I think grandma just pretends it's Santa Claus. She knows it's not Santa. Um, cause the grandma was there. I mean, at the end, it says grandma was there with him. Like, oh, shit, you turned on the lights. You know, that was, I think it says, let's see. uh, Eight, rule number eight, last and most important rule. If you get up to go to the bathroom, never, ever, ever turn on any lights in the house. So he went downstairs, turned on the lights. Uh, The chicken was already gone. He said the plate was empty. Uh. And I can't remember if the bucket of blood was full or not. I, I just remember him saying there was some red liquid. Uh, but, wasn't but that, that was... wasn't that in a glass though? Like kind of like a, a, a milk and cookies kind of deal. 
Right. That's what it sounded like. Um, I can't remember. I Maybe I'll go back and try and find it. Yeah, I'm looking at Oh, no, you're right. Red liquid was in it. Right next to the plate was a small bucket. Oh, but there was a uh, reckoned small plate reckoned cookies. I don't know that 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 paragraph is actually really difficult to read to make yeah. sense of it. I mean, some of them are because it's this is what it says. It says, uh, "I reckon it was for cookies and milk," but when I got closer, I realized that the plate was empty. Red liquid was in it, and right next to the plate was a small bucket. So, I mean... Okay. So there was red liquid in the plate, it would seem. I, yeah. I don't know. Was that the dipping sauce? <laughs> sweet, some sweet and sour. <laughs> yeah. Like that. But but then the real question is... She... He... This guy, James, which I'm I'm speculating how old this... This is a young teenager. I said he was in college. Yeah. So he's a young, you know, young, young man, and he must have made it out of there because he he told the story. He said he'd never oh, go back right, to Grandma's right. again. Yep, yep. So I'm just wondering what went down. I'm speculating. What did Grandma have a conversation about after you turned on the lights, didn't you? I wonder what that what, what that consisted of. Like, hey, this is a family ritual. We do it every year to keep this entity happy. We get gifts from it. I mean, I'm I'm thinking know. maybe that's interesting to think about it like that though. It is. It is. That's a. You're right. That is very interesting. I wonder. You're you're obviously looking at the same thing, right? Oh yeah. I, I, every time you pull up one, I'm looking at it myself too. Yeah. Yeah. See, I copied and pasted them. I didn't. I'm not on the actual Reddit page. But is there anything in the? Hold on. I got into it. Let's see. Is oh, you talking about the comments? Because below that it says more, right? And I clicked on more, but there's nothing. It take. Well, what it does, it takes you to this other person's link about investigating yeah. stories. I looked at them. I looked at them, and the the this story is under the uh, the one part stories. So there's there's no other parts to it. Um, but I wish there was. Let's see what the comments have to say. A lot of people. Some people have said that you know this is some possibility of Krampus, Satan claws. Which is kind of funny. Uh, I don't know. A lot. Of, some people are mostly looking at it, like from just skimming the comments that you know this is some sort of ritual. Some some guy said this is some serious voodoo shit. <laughs> <laughs> I see a lot of stuff here about something like uh, no. It says it's in quotations. Knowing the things she did. I don't know. I don't remember reading anything about. The grandma doing something, but uh, obviously the grandma, bef between the time they were children, going to grandma's house for Christmas, and now something happened. Um, and then this this could be a completely fictional story. The thing I like about Reddit is, you know, a lot of times people don't believe crazy stories like this. You you must know this. You know your story. Absolutely. I hate to say it is is crazy. Um. Because this this kind of stuff doesn't happen to, to people all the time. It's hard for people to believe this kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, I'm I'm I I truly believe that people who have weird shit happen to them could very honestly write these in Reddit stories as stories 
but they're not, you know, they're not fictional stories. They're, they're real stories that they just play off as, Oh, you know, here's a, here's a fictional story that I wrote, even though it's but something that it, actually happened, you know, but isn't it interesting too, that like when we were talking about this, like we were talking about earlier, you and I were having a conversation about, you know, Sasquatch and skinwalkers and Wendigo, mm -hmm. um, like, a lot of that stuff is based on quote unquote, you know, fiction and, you know, myths, but that stuff had to come from somewhere like, oh, yeah, for right. Like mythology, for example, like, yeah, maybe somebody interpreted it that way, but there's gotta be some truth mixed into that. Uh, you know, like, you know, Zeus, God of thunder, you know, put a lightning bolt up your ass. If you talk shit, you know, those kind of things are, that there's got to be some premise of where these 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 things now mind you people have really amazing how do we say imaginations but i mean just even this story itself i mean if they're fiction i they're fantastic but i wonder if there's some truth mixed into this and maybe this is some real i say maybe because maybe it's the reality we don't know but i definitely think there's some truth mixed into all this no, i definitely this... think there is some and, and right. at least some of these stories i mean some of them are obviously fictional stories, but some of them very well could be truthful stories. Or yeah, I guess it could be a mix, you know? Well, that's the thing. I know there was this, this gentleman years ago, he was like, I don't know what he calls, he's not a forensic analyst, but I've lived a lot, I've, wear, I've worn a lot of different hats, man. And I've done, I've been around a lot of different people. And this guy was one that actually did, um, and like he did analysis of interpretive writing and he would go through and pull out very specifics, kind of like a, a forensic analyst of trying to like kind of like criminal minds where he would look at the the writing and pick out very specific pieces. He was really good at it, too. And he was able to depict this is more of a truthful comment versus it being, you know, some of the other pieces of the story. And like just looking at this whole thing, the fact that there's a list, I mean, a list of things to do, that's very direct. It sounds very intentional. And somebody must have gotten this from somewhere. Like they must have either experienced it or heard it firsthand from somebody else that went through it. Who knows? But it's extremely riveting and interesting. Here's here's a uh, a comment that I found. Uh, something I didn't think about. It says, okay, the facts are she knew what was up and begged you to stay the night. Therefore, uh, you have a perfect reason to suspect She's up to something, right? So the grandma knew, you know, this isn't the regular Santa Claus, obviously, uh, but she's still begging to, to stay the night. So what what's going on? I don't know. I mean, obviously, the grandma, he, he lived to tell the tale, we could say, because he wrote about it. Um, but what? I don't know. What's going on? It's in interesting, to say the least. Yeah. And again, who the hell knows? But I'll tell you right now, I'm not going over to that person's house for Christmas. I'll say that much. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm All sorry. Right. I didn't think I didn't think Christmas had anything to do with uh, uh, you know uh, summoning Satan. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, I also when I first started the podcasting on our first Christmas, so this would be last year. I did an episode on the history of Christmas, right? And it 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 pretty much is all about a pagan holiday, several pagan holidays that the Catholic Church then incorporated um, 
into their own religion to kind of appease, you know, the these pagan believers who are who are freshly, um, uh, what do you call it, when converted, when you know these mm. these pagan believers, they're freshly converted, like a huge masses of them, you know, like the Romans, they're they're all all of a sudden they're they're Christians, right after being, you know, pagan believers for hundreds and hundreds of years towards their end they become christians um so they kind of they kind of made you know this christmas holiday the birth of christ who was most likely i think they timed it out and he was born most likely born during the summer um and not not december but they kind of but you know nobody really knows it's one of those situations so they kind of just made it um and now that i say that i actually want to say that it was it was probably in the beginning of December and not the end. I don't know. I'm kind of making mm. shit up right now, but, uh, but yeah, it, it, it's a <laughs> pagan holiday. Though. It's a pagan holiday pretty much that they, you know, the, the people at the top of the Christian religion way back when uh, converted into a Christian holiday. Well, and that sounds like the, the, I mean, and for the Catholics to gain more um, converts, at the end of the day, you know, they probably did what they thought was the smartest thing to do is, is is assimilate some of the pagan traditions and turn it into their own. And yeah, I mean, and that's makes, exactly what they did. I mean, it makes total sense to me why they would have done it. However, that comes with the caveat. How far would these stories actually go back? Because Christmas, though, it's a quote unquote, you know, happy time of celebration and family. Is it really? Do we really know that? I know that the original uh, pagan holiday, I forget exactly what it was called, that took place on, you know, the end of December. I don't, I think it might have actually even been December 25th, was like, it actually composed of a whole week long celebration. And the last day, December 25th, was like this huge festival um, when people were just like indulging themselves in all kinds of, of drink and food. And it was just like everyone was just getting crazy. Uh, I forget exactly what it was called. Um, I know that I know there's going to be listeners who who know what it's called, but I'm I'm just not going to look it up right now. Uh, no, no, I get it. <laughs> but yeah, it's this huge. It was this huge, huge, huge Roman holiday. Um, but yeah, it was all about like getting together and throwing this huge party, you know, for a whole week, and then at the end they would like sacrifice something. Uh, probably a lamb or something. But I, my question is. Where the hell did the fucking tree come from? Actually, and this is a whole, this is a whole thing. There's this whole, um, it's interesting. It's very, very interesting. It has to do with um, magic mushrooms, psychedelic mushrooms. Uh, grow. Okay, so the Christmas tree, and we put all these colored presents and and colored, you know, beads on the tree, and you got lights on the tree to to make it glow. And that's because these psychedelic mushrooms would grow on these fir trees, right? Interesting. Um, and they would pick these up, like the shamans would pick these mushrooms off the trees. Then since there was so much snow, the only way into the houses, and this is like in Scandinavian countries, was through the chimney. So they would go down through the chimney, leave these mushrooms under the tree, um, and go back up through the chimney, you know? <laughs> That's 
that's that's actually quite cool to be honest i think i like the original. a whole lot more about it like i that, that that's just barely touching the surface but it's all it's a whole thing about it it's actually very very it's it's, it's cool it's pretty cool yeah i dig it man all right cool well and, that makes well, sense and with the reindeer the reindeer also eat these magic mushrooms and which is why they're like flying you know because they're all high <laughs> you're all tripping out so- so essentially, Christmas is like a a a, 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 a an assimilated, we'll say, uh, let's say, uh, uh, what's the word? We'll like a collaborative of many different things that apparently happen in other a lot cultures. Of it is like Roman and like Germanic try, you know, like the Germanic peoples and and the Romans and the Celts. Like they're like these main groups of people that got together and all these different like pagan holidays that they celebrated. You know, because they, they're trying to coax these people to become part of their, their religion. And these were massive groups, like the Germanic tribes people. They're all from, like, Germany and Scandinavia, you know, all the, like, the Vikings and all this stuff, you know? Well, I guess the, what are, they probably took, they sound like they took the, the Genghis Khan approach. Instead of trying to uh, annihilate the culture, he absorbed it. Yeah, I mean, well, they, they tried to annihilate them. For hundreds of years, but they weren't able to. Nah. Well, There's either way, interesting story, and I hope that guy James is still alive and well. <laughs> I hope his grandma is fine. Yeah, me too. Grandma. I think. I hope. All right, and now this next one, this next story I have is pretty creepy too. I read the ending of it, and it was like definitely creeped me out. And I only read the last like couple of sentences, but uh, it's called "Our First Christmas." And our new home was a nightmare. It's on that same list of, of stories that I'm assuming you're looking at. Oh, I am. So I don't know if you can find it or not, but uh, yeah, I think I'm going to find the it right bottom. now. I think it's towards the bottom. Hold on. Yeah, let me get this. Uh, do, do, do. Reddit. Where are you? It's the uh, our first. Oh yeah, I got it. Yep, I got it. Um, our first home and our new home was a nightmare. Do you yep. want me to read it, man, or do you want to? You want I mean, to you can going? if you want. You yeah, I don't mind. So go ahead. All right. So when selling a house, if a death occurred within three years of the house going on the market, the seller is required to inform potential buyers of said death. This little requirement wasn't necessary in my case. Everyone within fifty mile radius seemed to know about. Victoria Teller. It was a tragic story. She had given birth to a bouncing baby boy whose father no one seemed to know. The baby passed away just a few months later, and Victoria took her own life a year after that. That was that much was known to be true. What was unknown were the circumstances surrounding the incident, how the baby died. Some said accident, some said illness, some said murder how Victoria killed herself, and what happened in between. The popular rumor was that Victoria, in her grief-stricken psychosis, began buying dolls to replace her deeply departed son. The doll would then suffer the same fate as the real baby in her mind, and she would bury it and move on to another. People, mostly teenagers, made it a Halloween tradition to search the doll graveyard. They searched the backyard, the woods behind it, but nothing was found in the six years that the house was empty. I was confident the house that that I had bought for my family 
and me had nothing strange in its history but two tragic deaths. The first few months living in the Teller house were uneventful. I had to occasionally shoo away curious locals that weren't aware that our house was no longer empty. But I found no ghosts or satanic symbols or anything of the like. It seemed that it was just a house, one that I got a huge discount on because of what happened there and the bad juju it was rumored to have acquired because of it. By the time the Christmas season rolled around, I had pretty much forgotten about Victoria Teller. It was the first year that my son, Caleb, was really aware of anything other than presence. We lined the roof and the windows with lights, hung a wreath on the door, and put some uh, some standing decorations on the lawn. We bought and decorated a tree, uh, a tree big enough to fit a toy store underneath, which was appropriate because of how many presents Santa was going to bring Caleb that year. He was getting more excited each day, especially since we had been dropping some pretty big hints that it was getting he was getting a puppy. My family was the happiest it had ever been until a week before Christmas. My wife had been wrapping presents as we bought them so that we didn't have to stay up all night on Christmas Eve like we had in the previous years. She had opened the door to the closet that held the presents to find the wrapping paper torn to shreds. First thought was that Caleb had gotten to them, but I doubted that he would be able to contain his excitement if he had. It's almost it's it looked almost as if some sort of rodents had shredded the paper, but the boxes weren't damaged at all. We brushed it off as a mystery and moved to the presents to the attic after rewrapping them. I occasionally heard some shuffling from the inside of the closet, but I never saw whatever critter had caused it. I figured I would call an exterminator after Christmas to check inside the walls. Soon things started to get really strange. I walked into the bathroom to find the dirty clothes scattered around the floor and the hamper on its side. My wife found the refrigerator door hanging open with the food torn up and thrown on the floor. Caleb was distraught one morning when we woke, when he woke up to find all the toys that he had carefully placed in his toy box the night before had all been thrown all around his room while he slept. All the noise, all this, the noises in the walls were getting more frequent and were heard everywhere in the house. My superstitious wife was becoming scared that the local urban legend was true that Victoria Teller still haunted the house. She reasoned that the spirit was becoming more active because we were so happy preparing for the ho- holiday for our, with our son, something she never got to do. I laughed at her theory. I shouldn't have. Uh oh. <laughs> getting it's getting bad. <laughs> Christmas Eve, my wife and I put Caleb to bed. We had to return to his room several times to tell him that if he didn't go to sleep, Santa wouldn't bring him anything. When I was convinced that he was finally going to stay in the bedroom, I picked the puppy up from my mother's house and brought it home. We hadn't named him yet but he was a golden retriever puppy that was as energetic as he was soft and fluffy. After playing with him for a while, we we put him to bed in his crate, ate the the cookies Caleb had left for Santa and turned in for the night. I was jerked from my slumber by a blood-curdling scream. My wife and I followed our son's cries for for help to the living room. Caleb had snuck out of the bed and found the puppy. Instead of 
the happy fluff ball that we had left by the tree, he found a mangled metal crate filled and surrounded by fur, blood, and chunks of discarded meat. My wife took Caleb into the room to console him while I checked for the intruder and signs of a break-in. I found nothing, so I returned to the room and began cleaning up the mess. I was kneeling on the floor, convincing myself that there was a silver lining in the fact that we had hardwood floors instead of carpet when I heard tinkling noise from the tree. I turned my head, and just in time to see a pair of big blue eyes staring at me from the branches. Mm. I jumped to my feet and backed up a few paces just as the first doll dropped from the tree. It was followed by three others. They were, were those delicate porcelain dolls wearing what we were probably pretty little dresses at one time. I couldn't tell because the dresses were covered in dirt and blood. I watched with a mixture of terror and disbelief as all four dolls slowly rose the ground and started toward me. The screams of my wife and son snapped me out of the horrific trance. The dolls had turned as I ran from the room to find my family. Mm. I raced up I raced up the stairs to my bedroom where I found my wife standing on our bed with Caleb in her arms. Dozens of porcelain dolls varying in states of damage and filth were standing on the floor surrounding the bed. They were making their way toward my loved ones and their tiny arms stretched out, reaching for the woman and child who were desperately trying to stay away. I started to kicking the little demons out of the way as I hurried to rescue my wife and child. I didn't think a, a bunch of fucking dolls would be so hard to push through, but I was wrong. For every one that I kicked away, four more came at me. They grabbed and thrashed at me and a bit, and I found myself moving from the bed instead of toward it. After noticing that most of the dolls had directed their attention to me, I yelled for my wife to run. I hoped that I served as enough of a distraction for these demon toys that her and Caleb could get away unharmed. The dolls that were still trying to reach them were clinging to the sides of the bed, climbing with their delicate little hands. My wife jumped off the bed, stumbled, and fell. Caleb's head hit the floor, and the resulting cries caught the attention of many of the dolls I was desperately trying to fight off and keep away. My wife tried to tr my wife tried to right herself and gather our son before the wave of small monsters got to them, but she was too slow. I watched the dolls quickly swarm Caleb and began tearing at his flesh. Jesus. My, my wife started trying to get them away, but they turned on her when Caleb stopped thrashing. I made my way to them just as my wife stopped fighting. I saw the des despair in her eyes and the doll with the black hair and gray tattered dress bit a chunk from her throat. <laughs> Jesus. The creatures moved so fast, they were so, and there were so many of them. We didn't stand a chance. I don't know how long I stood in my bedroom watching a horde of dolls ripping apart the two people I loved in the world before I realized I was no longer being attacked. Every porcelain creature was crowded around what was left of my son, my wife and son feasting on them. I've regretted what I did next every day since I ran. I I bounded down the town that I bounded down the steps as fast as my feet would carry me. I reached the front door when I heard a woman's voice come from the second floor. 
That's right. My children, fill these bellies so you can grow big and strong. I shut the door behind me and fell down the steps onto the front porch. After vomiting up all the cookies I'd eaten earlier that night, I turned to look at the house. Peeking out of the windows, illuminated by the colorful Christmas lights, was a gaunt woman wearing a tattered black dress. She smiled through the veil of stringy hair as the doll climbed up in the front of her dress and into her arms. Then closed the curtain. All right, so I did not read that part. I just read the last paragraph. That was horrific story. <laughs> Dude, like, I mean, I don't even know where to start. Like, I started, I started stammering because it started giving me goosebumps just reading this. Yeah, I and didn't read. I only read the last paragraph. Sorry about that. I did not. No, don't read apologize. <laughs> That's twisted and okay. interesting. <laughs> I definitely got goosebumps when it when it talked about the eyes in the tree. Now I didn't know if that was a doll or a person's eyes, and you know. Well, at that point too, I mean, to be honest with you, man. First, I was upset about the dog. First and foremost, I, I know I didn't read. I I'm telling you, I did not. I should have probably read these a little little no, more. No, it's was... listen. Shock and awe is always good for a reaction here, and I I think the regardless of whether this was. You know, I, I'm, I don't know, man. Something about this story really tweaked me. I mean, and not, it's not about saying it's truth or non-truth. It's twisted, and mm. the simple fact that these these goddamn dolls were cannibals <laughs> or carnivorous. I mean, I know. I, I, I'm curious about this, the behind the the story about this Victoria Teller, though. Right. Like, what was she all about? Yeah, it doesn't really say. It just says nobody knows. So I imagine you've seen movies like, you know, like uh, The Conjuring and like Annabelle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that's kind of what I, you know, these dolls. I mean, it sounds like they were imbued with some sort of evil. Yeah, I mean, and and. You bring up the conjuring and Annabelle. And I mean Annabelle's not the only haunted doll that's out there. There's several pretty famous ones. I know have you ever heard of Robert the doll? He's probably the next so, most famous. So I know of I'm very limited on my uh we'll say my information or history on any of the doll possessions. I do know they exist. I just don't know much about them. Well, I think the next so yeah, I've definitely heard stories of of several dolls. And I think the the next most famous after Annabelle would be Robert. And this is a doll that's possessed by some sort of voodoo spirit. Um, that this little boy, uh, Gene Robert, I forget what his last name was, uh, but you know he played with this doll for forever and ever. It was given to him by his nanny, who was like from the Caribbean, and they lived in the Florida Keys. She like cast some sort of voodoo spell on it. Um, and the doll apparently tried to kill several people. Um, you know, and it would like do it would like yell at Robert and scare Robert. And um, it's in a it's in some museum now, you know, and you can go and it's just like the Annabelle doll, you can go and see it, and you know, you gotta ask permission to take its picture. But apparently there's a whole wall of uh 
uh, you know, like forgive me notes, people who didn't ask permission to take his picture and then they're cursed, you know, and they send in these these notes like, oh, Robert, please forgive me, blah, 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 blah. There's a whole wall of them at this museum. Now, what is so it's a voodoo spirit of some sort. I mean, I'm just I'm a, I'm just guessing that because of the the, you know, his nanny, the lady that that watched after, you know, Gene, the actual boy um, who had the doll. She was from the Caribbean. And I know like voodoo and um, uh, what's the other. There's a Santeria, I believe, is the religion, which is even worse than voodoo. Um, it's very prevalent down there, you know. All right, so I gotta tell you, okay. So I just did a quick Google search on this Robert the yeah, doll, dressed in a little sailor uniform, and he has a little creepy stuffed animal sitting in his arms. Um, yeah, I mean, just looking at that looks friggin' weird. Uh, but anyway, that 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 is like I I don't know a lot about the you know when uh an item because i know the conjuring has a lot in that um very specific realm of these different items you know it's odd though you know what really makes me skeptical about even some of the stories from that they were talking about there was a show i watched i don't know if you got a chance to see it it's on uh i think it's on netflix and it's about like basically talking about the two of them being frauds yeah. I don't know if you got it. Did you see that? No, but I, I've heard the stories. Yeah. And it was odd because like, I, I don't know, like I, I'm kind of I, I, you know, as you know, my my spiritual connection to this realm and the things that are unexplainable. I have a, a very huge vested interest in all of that stuff. So I, I have find it hard to believe that everything that they did was a scam. I, I, I don't I don't believe that. I think there's there was a lot more truth to it. Um, but that that's just me. I think I think the criticism that falls upon um what are they? Lorraine and Lorraine and uh what the what the heck's his name? Uh I can't even think of it, man. Um good old Google help me. In uh, what's the husband's Warren, name? Warren, yes. That's their Excellent. last name. What's the husband's name? War, uh, the Warrens. So we'll just look up the Warrens. I'm gonna be Jamie on Joe Rogan's right now. Um, Ed, Ed and Lorraine, yeah, Ed, Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yep. I yep. know, like most criticism on Ed and Lorraine Warren, I don't necessarily. I think it's more against them as people. You know, they weren't the these godly people that they said that they were. I know Ed would like often cheat on his wife. And he was like, he was actually pretty mean, apparently. Um, mm -hmm. I think like all that kind of came back uh, onto them. Where people were like, oh, well, they're not, you know, they're not who they say they are. So they must be frauds type of deal. But they were, they, they were, they, they seem to be on every single major paranormal case from, you know, the seventies and eighties, they seem to be in every single one. They have, they were here or there, even if they were in most of the time, they're only there for a little while that, you know, but, uh, they covered almost all at least 15 major cases, you know, 
Well, and that's the thing. I mean, I, I have a hard time believing, especially with my experience, that it's all, let's say, lack of a better way of saying it, bullshit. I don't believe that. Like, and especially like just even <laughs> let's circle back around to this story we just uh, we'll call it encountered, <laughs> to say the least. Um, I mean, I, I it's it's compelling. I mean, I, I, the other two stories were cool, you know, don't get me wrong, but this one actually, you know, rose the hair on the back of my neck up. Like, you know, is there a possibility that something demonic was possessing these things? Uh, and, and mind you, that's extremely graphic. I don't know if the, whoever the writer was, or this was a story definitely got a rise out of me. Got a rise out of me. I mean, I know I mean, should... you, uh, you definitely, you have a, my paranormal experiences are, are nothing compared to yours. Um, uh, and I know with this story, I had a, it was the, you know, all these dolls seem to come out of nowhere that I'm kind of, I'm it, like, where, where are all these dolls coming from is what I'm wondering, you know? Well, and I'm wondering too, now let's take it to another level. Just, you know, thinking outside the box, did she have more than one kid? I have no idea. Right. We, I no, mean, that's just... the thing. It doesn't, it doesn't say really. But if you think about that, if she there was there was like a gang of these dolls and they just kept coming, supposedly. Right. And this woman sounded like to me, um, we'll call it mentally disturbed. In some form or another, obviously, with the fact that she, you know, the way things went down in that whole previous part of the story. I don't know. I mean, if the premise stands true, maybe there's a point where this woman's had multiple kids. And something happened, and that's where the all the quote unquote dolls plural came from. I mean, I I know, I know. So I I I was extremely skeptical when they were talking about all these dolls coming out of nowhere. But then, you know, I'm suddenly reminded that in a lot of, you know, demonic um, infestations and and um, so there's there's. I'll just leave it at infestations and a lot of like infestation cases, you know, these demonic forces, they can make things appear from nowhere, you know, like in, let's say like in that, the Enfield haunting in the movie, the, the second conjuring movie where the girl just like is teleported into the room. That's obviously locked from the outside, you know? So, I mean, maybe it is a demonic force and it's making these dolls appear from nowhere. Well, and that's the that's Wherever the they were. Well, and then we go back to something we discussed in the beginning. There was some symbolism in this. The tree. They came out of the tree. Like right. initially. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, what's that all about? I mean, I, again, there's some there's some little I don't know, we'll call them breadcrumbs here that, that really creeped me out with the uh yeah. Looked up and he saw the eyes looking at him. At first, I thought I was like, "That's Victoria Teller looking at him from the tree, like, <laughs> right behind the tree or something." And then the dolls start pouring out of it. Well, that's the part yeah, too. And, and I'm gonna let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. That part really freaked me out because I just was talking to somebody who, um, and I don't want I don't want to share too much because they're I'm trying to get them on. Uh, yeah, but they, you know, they their their grandparents their grandmother's house was haunted. Um, and the, there was a time where one of them, it was uh, two sisters, one of them was in the bathroom 
upstairs, which was where the ghost was. You know, they hated using this bathroom, but, you know, you got to go and you got to go, right? And she's using right. the bathroom and the door's cracked and some she sees someone peek at her through the crack in the door. Like, it's just like, I read that one night and I was just like, oh, that gave me the creeps. And then that, getting peeked at from the Christmas tree reminded me of that story and it was, oh, creepy. Well, that's the thing too, is like when you talk about human nature and dealing with people's psyche i mean nobody likes want does doesn't like people's eyes on them when they don't know who the hell it is or what it is right. i mean you know when what how many times you, you you know if you're ever walking in the woods and you get any sort of inkling that something's out there that you can't keep an eye on hence my story from wait when i went to pinewood right. i mean that is one of the scariest fucking things to experience in your entire existence when you can't see what the hell is watching you oh yeah and and I mean, I mean, that's I don't know, just even the idea, like I said, like, you know, what you mentioned, the blue eyes, but my experience in the past, too, of seeing like, I don't know, red eyes, that shit creep. Like, just I, I still have a, a solid memory of that experience, too, where I was at one of the uh, paranormal investigations I had gone to and we actually saw what looked like these red eyes that were kind of circulating this house. It was like revolving around it. Now, it could have been any. It was interesting, um, but it wasn't necessarily we we couldn't pinpoint if it was just an effect that was happening. Was it just a reflection that we were getting from the light at the time of the evening when we took the shot? Um, and, and in mind you, as we mentioned earlier, these weren't just, you know, some sort of, you know, pixelated photo. We could actually see something. But again, we were trying to use our process of elimination because that's one thing i've always done with paranormal investigations in the past is you got to rule out everything and i take kind of the we'll say the taps approach to this where they're always looking to see what could cause it mm -hmm. um but with that said though it was questionable about what we were experiencing seeing that scenario we didn't feel good like there was a vibe you know, there was an odd feeling in the uh, like in that area that night. And I don't know. There's certain things that stand up the hair up on the back of my friggin neck. And this story was one of them. <laughs> was was that house you're talking about when you saw that? Was it like around the, the woods? It was outside of the woods. Yeah. So it was outside. I've heard, of... I've heard countless stories of of like dogmen like creatures with red eyes. You know, they seem to always have this red glowing eyes, you know. So I don't know. That's what I think about. And then you you hear all these stories of infrasound, you know, can affect you and make you feel sick and weird. And well, and that's the uh, some of the the electromagnetic fields, the EMF that you know a lot of guys talk or they chalk up that it makes you feel funny. But we were outside and there was no power lines near us, so we kind of ruled out that that was like some sort of effect. It was a really creepy fucking uh place too because where we went to it it was a camp up on the north side of sagandaga lake and you know we just went up there for the fact that the owner invited us up just to take a look around and we stayed till the evening and i mean that it, there was a history there but he wasn't sure there was any accuracy to the story and it might have been just kind of a a folk tale that had come around but man oh man talk about eerie like when you're there at night and you're just, you know, you're seeing what you think you think is something that's 
not of this world kind of scenario, but we still it was there wasn't enough evidence to back it up. So we kind of left it as like like as we call it the unknown. We don't know. We can't confirm or deny. Right. But with that said, though, I mean, that I don't know. There was something about this story that definitely the one I just we just read. I don't know that whoever wrote this was definitely emotionally involved because the the outcome was horrible. Yeah, definitely sounds demonic. Yeah. The first one, the first story, the, the snowman story, that sounds like. All right. Well, right. Yeah. Like I was saying, like the first story, the snowman one, there's just something like magic about that. I get like a witchy feeling like. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Magic. Right. The second story, it's almost like some sort of of creature or beast of some sort. And then this story is definitely like demonic. I get a very demonic feeling from the story. And the evidence, if you want to call this evidence, that I get to back that up is the fact that these dolls were just coming out of nowhere. They were being like teleported from wherever they were. No one, and it said in the beginning, no one could ever find these dolls. They knew that there were these dolls were around, right? There was a doll graveyard somewhere, but no one had ever found it. Um, so wherever these dolls were, I feel, you know, they're being demonically transported to attack in this house. You know, they're being transported and possessed by whatever to attack. And they were definitely like that. I can't. Oh, well, and then the problem is too, is it's just my, you know, you and I, had a discussion not too long ago when we had the other episode speculation right and who the hell knows what this woman was wrapped up in like you know and i'm not just talking about like just the the fact that she you know the the murderous intent that she had for the for that child but um the other component is did she does she worship does she worship satan or some demon is this why the outcome is what it is because i i find that some of the stories that have to do with we'll call it a negative outcome. Um, a lot of the times they were doing some unsavory shit prior to this whole situation unfolding the way it did. Right. And, you know, like just like thinking about grandma, yeah, that whole conversation, that one story we read before, what was that family doing this entire time behind, behind closed doors? Cause you know, she did say grandpa died. Well, what was grandma and grandpa's history? Right. What were they doing beforehand? Have they always been calling these demons to the house or this thing? Maybe that thing killed grandpa. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, man, because he said they passed away and she's been there. Yeah, that was the other thing I was thinking about. I was like, where, where did grandpa go? What happened to him? Was he aware of this shit that was going on? So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think it even said that grandpa recently died. Hold on. Sorry, I'm going back to the story. The second story was definitely my favorite. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. There's something about something pretending to be Santa Claus that got really got my interest peaked. Yeah. Oh. You said that that was the thing that I found interesting is that she suddenly wanted her to or him to stay over after grandpa died. Yeah. It just says you know, so. since. It doesn't say recently, but, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I just look at those little details and, um, but I have to say my favorite was the third one because of how f how it made me feel, <laughs> to say the least. I know. I that know. Was, it was rough. Yeah. And I, I think it was interesting. You're shocking all. You're like, I did not know that this thing consisted of this. <laughs> I literally read the last paragraph where it was like, uh, you know, like, oh, she's looking down from the window and 
you know, the gaunt figure looking down from the window. And I was like, oh, that sounds like a good one. <laughs> well, I'll tell you right now, I think the reaction was perfect because it was a good shock and awe because that's uh, unfortunately people couldn't see our faces. But I can definitely tell you, I had to pause for a minute in my head to think, OK, this is going really not in a good place. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Well, with that, I think we'll wrap it up here. Um, but yeah, you know, I really, I, I don't know. I mean, I like these, these stories. We, we're going to have to try this, this video reaction thing you're talking about. Um, cause I like reading these stories and reacting to them with someone like that's, this is what I wanted to do last week. Uh, but, uh, like I said, it was super late when that shit was going on and it got on really late, but I had, I, I just, I had to record it. I couldn't wait any longer. Um, so I wish I wish you could have been on last week, but um, at least we got to do it this week. Well, we got a taste of what it's like to to bounce each other, bounce off each other. And I I like it. And I think that the I think people will like, you know, I don't know the viewers out there, if you're listening or the listeners on Spotify, you know, leave a comment or something on uh, the, the, the page. And see if they want to see some of these video reactions. Because I think we have the, the carp launched it when we're doing this. If the format works out, we can pause the video real quick and, and not analyze it. And look at our reactions. Because I know that one, I didn't want to watch it. That one that I sent you. It's got four <laughs> videos. And apparently they're based on true stories. Um, and they're like kind of like they do a uh, very subtle a reenactment of it and i think they use a little ai to make it happen which looked pretty cool too i must not have watched long enough because i didn't yeah, see I, I only yeah yeah so i'm not i don't want to even watch it because I, I just read the comments to see if it was any good and the the guy that the author will say the the the, the youtuber that made it his his name is his handler name is mr nightmare so if that tells you anything <laughs> that, that leads me <laughs> right? to believe that there it's gonna it's definitely gonna put you on the edge but he claims under his profile that these are all these reenactments and these quote-unquote stories are based on true stories that he's heard right yeah so but it's straightforward i imagine you can figure it out but it's up to you this was good too though yeah i mean if we can figure it out then it'll be worth a shot i mean if anyone out there is interested in this and you want it to, to to see us make these you know some videos or whatnot just let us know oh and i am definitely if, can't, if I can't figure out YouTube uh, uploading, you know, podcast videos, I definitely do want to get into going out, you know, to these weird ass places and filming some videos. I'm definitely am planning on doing that. That'll be great. All right, my man. I will wait to hear from you and we'll uh, we'll figure some stuff out. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. All right. We'll talk soon. Have a good night. Night.
All right. Now I want to thank Chad for coming on. Um, you know, he definitely, uh, it's definitely nice to talk about these with, with somebody other than myself, you know. He was, he was, I think I might mention this earlier. He was supposed to come on for the Krampus episode, uh, but, you know, some shit went crazy. Uh, I think my Christmas tree had fallen over, you know. I, I was trying to, like, jimmy it around so I could recut the bottom because it's not drinking water and I don't want it to die before Christmas. But by the time I was done with that, it was too late for him to come on, so I had to read those Krampus episodes by myself. And, you know, while it was a good time, it's definitely a lot nicer to have someone to discuss these, you know, these stories with. So, I mean, these stories that cover the gambit. We had uh, blood rituals. We had unknown creepy monsters. Like, what was that at Grandma's house? I don't even know. You know, it, it definitely wasn't Krampus. You know, this this kid... He hadn't done anything bad, necessarily. This was just something that was taking, you know, Santa Claus's identity. Um, I don't know. Trying to get a free meal out of it or something. I don't know. I mean, we don't need to go into it again. Other than that was probably my favorite story out of the three. And then with the third one, we had... Uh, creepy demonic doll lady. So, I mean, there you go. At least you don't have it as bad as those guys did. Um, and I don't want to downplay anything at all, but... So I do want to recommend that if you're having a hard time this holiday season, you can easily reach out via Talkspace or, or BetterHelp. Um, we are not sponsored by either of these companies. It's just I do believe that counseling is very important. Um, and j even just, just talking to somebody, a friend or a family member or even a stranger, um, oftentimes makes a situation that you, you know you believe could not get any better, better. It, it's just, it's, it's incredible how just simply talking about something can make you feel better. So if you are having a hard time this holiday season, please seek help through BetterHelp, uh, Talkspace, you know, these places, they take all sorts of insurance. They're easy. You can get in within 24 hours most of the time. Um, so if you need that help, please go get that help. Now, if you are just moping around because you're a Grinch and you'd rather be doing anything else but spending time with extended family, uh, you should probably just be happy that your grandma didn't trick you into coming over so she could play Elf with some sort of beastly Santa Claus. Um, and I also want to add, if you honestly think that building a snowman with your own blood uh, and, and pieces of your hair while reciting some sort of strange ritual that you heard online 
is a good idea. It's not. Almost Canon Podcast and Almost Adventure Studios are not responsible for any sort of um, killer snowmen or demonic possession that you may encounter while trying to perform blood magic on a snowman in your backyard. I just want to I just want to throw that out there right now. Now, let's hear a word from our sponsors before we wrap this up. Howdy y'all. This is Clom and Clem from the Magical Hat Emporium. Now, if you're looking for a magical hat to bring your snowman to life without having to use a black magic spell or some sort of voodoo magic, then come on down to Clem and Clem's Magical Hat Emporium and get yourself a magical hat for your very own magical snowman. Now, we have fedora hats, baseball cap hats, barret hats, bucket hats, beanie hats, boonie hats, boater hats, bomber hats, bowler hats, and cowboy hats. Ooh, we have campaign hats, balaclavel hats, and masks. We even have those fez hats for people wanting to be Indiana Jones's buddy. Now, we have newsboy caps as well as bandeau hats. <laughs> we have fascinator hats, flat cap hats, top hats, aviator hats, Panama hats, pork pie hats, conical hats, and derby hats. Now, if you're looking for a hat that you can't find here at the Magical Hat Emporium, then you don't need it. It ain't going to bring your snowman to life unless you buy it at the Magical Snowman Hat Emporium. Now, if you're looking to save a dollar, the Magical Snowman Hat Emporium does have hats on sale. But I have to state that the Magical Snowman Hat Emporium is not responsible for anything that goes wrong with our hats on sale. However, now that I have stated that, we do have chef hats, trapper hats, hard hats, deer stalker hats, peaked hats, pillbox hats, floppy hats, half hats, also known as visors, ivy caps, derby hats, custodian hats, coonskin hats, that's my favorite, as well as cartwheel hats, and chupala hats. Now, like I said, if you are looking for a hat and we don't have it, then it sure as hell ain't gonna bring your snowman to life because we got all the magical hats you could ever want. So come on down to the Magical Snowman Hat Emporium and buy yourself a magical hat today. All right. Thank you, Clem, for those wonderful deals. You heard him, folks. If you're looking for a magical hat 
and you want to bring a snowman to life without having to use black magic, then go to the Magical Snowman Hat Emporium today. All right, let's get out of here. Don't forget, rate and review the show. And if you liked it, please share it on your Facebook page, on your Instagram page, on your Twitter page. I don't have Twitter. I don't use Twitter. I don't know how it works. I think it's called X now. So share it on your X page. uh, And we will see you next week. And don't forget, those stories were definitely almost canon.